You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Engman, and this is my co-host, Scott Brecky. And today we're joined by Liz Miller, our the Bible Breakthrough Production Manager. Welcome, Liz. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we want to welcome you to the Bible Breakthrough as well. Thank you for joining us. And remember, ultimately, our goal is to lead you into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. And and welcome. This is our bonus video to Episode 8. Here we're going to discuss various topics that came up because of the scripture we covered in this episode. Also, again, the show notes will be linked in the description of this production. Okay, so in the episode that we just completed, we read Genesis 7, 1 through 24, and we learned about the flood that covered the earth. Yeah, so before we dive into the uh, deeper discussion, let's again pray. Liz, do you want to give us the honors? Oh, me, on the spot. (laughs) I was not prepared for this. Yes, I will pray. Father, I just ask that you open our minds and open our hearts and just give us your wisdom as we um, explore this deeper. Help us understand the questions that people are asking and um, let us answer those questions. Let people walk Mm. away from this and just feel inspired and just feel plugged in and really fed with the the stuff that we are discussing today. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Liz, why don't you go ahead and just take a minute and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the Bible Breakthrough. Sure. So I am a so I'm on staff with uh, Breakthrough Ministries, and um, my I also have a, a business and a family, and my expertise is all the nerdy stuff, so online presence and the internet and <laughs> uh, stuff like that. And then, um, you know, for the Bible Breakthrough, I'm the one that's posting on Facebook and asking questions and encouraging people to like our posts and uh, follow us and all that. Along so, with taking the video that uh, Siobhan is, yeah. you know, uh, editing and then you load it and then uh, put it into and release it on a schedule and all yes, that. Yes, I put it out into the world on, on our podcast stuff and then, YouTube and all that. Well, we're honored to have you on our team and we love you. We're grateful you're here. Thanks for joining us in this uh, bonus content discussion um, in regards to uh, the discussion of the flood and and so forth. Um, Let's review just for the audience listening here some of the facts and key points of Genesis 7. Mm You want to start out with that, Scott? You want to do that yeah, for us? Yeah, I'll do it. All right. All right. God tells Noah to go into the ark, and then the animals and Noah's family enter into the ark. And then we have uh, the earth is flooded by the underground waters erupting, and rain comes for 40 days. And then every human being and every animal dies, except for those who are saved on the ark. And then the flood covers the earth for 150 days before starting to recede. Very good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So, um, you know, in our in our episode discussion, we had uh, kind of gone over and discussed some questions that came up as a result of that. Um, you know, the question was, uh, the first one was, what do you see or observe when you read the story? Uh, we talked about the brutality of consequence, really, to the wickedness of sin. Uh, we talked about uh, the beauty of of, of God's saving grace for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about why the destruction of every living thing was necessary. And then uh, we talked about if that, if, if that God's response to, um, that this is a God's response to an unchecked sin that, and wickedness in the world. Um, uh, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about in question, and I think we should you know, in this in this bonus content discussion is, you know, if 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 that is God's response to unchecked uh, sin and wickedness in the world, what hope is there for any of us? Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, how do we know we're not uh, whether or not we're Noah in this case, like righteous, considered righteous? Um, and if we're not, then then what? Right. Mm-hmm. Um and then how can a, uh, any sinful mortal human be loved by God and find peace with God? What is righteousness? That was a discussion topic. Uh, what does uh, that look like? So, um, yeah, so I'd like to just open the floor a little here um, to discuss these topics and more. What do you guys got? I think the first thing that, especially when I first read this, um, and then read it again in preparation for this and then listened to the episode. Um, the first thing that caught me was the fact that uh, it had never before rained before ever. And then also, so um, what we learned in the beginning before this is that everything in the world was watered by, by the springs, right? Mm-hmm. And so it says on here that eventually it starts to rain and those springs erupt. Mm. You know what I mean? Like... Um, I don't know why, but every time I've ever heard the story, I was thinking of just like everyone's gets on the boat and then it starts to rain. But like the drama, could you imagine of the drama of like these springs from the ground erupting? I think like of the geysers, you know, yeah. in the mm-hmm. parks, like everything's yeah. just like exploding up from the ground and then water's coming down from the sky for the first time ever. Like, I don't know. That'd be uh, <laughs> kind of crazy the first time you've seen that mm-hmm. when yeah. it happened. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like I think, um, you know, especially for the people on the wrong side of the door, um, that that sudden realization that uh, the choice isn't yours anymore. Like, you've made your choice, and now here's the consequence. Yeah. You know what mm, I mean? Like, that's a good point. That was super, um, I don't know, that, that hit me <laughs> like, like a truck, you no, know. No. So, What do you think of that door? What do you think of that door just... So it doesn't say, well, Noel grabbed the chain and pulled the door shut. It just said that God, like, shut the door behind them. Yeah. Just, you know, I just think of, like, someone taking a door to our studio and all of a sudden just, just instantly closes. Like, that would be, like, when I'm in that, whoa, wow, that happened. Yeah. And God just shuts them in there. So what do you what do you guys think of that? That God just closed it? Oh, away with the door and he just shut them all in there? Well, that and the fact that he did that, he told them to get on board Mm -hmm. and then did that and then waited seven days before the rain came, which, you know, you wonder about why. Why did it have to wait? Why did he have to wait seven days? Like, what was the point of that? 
Right. Uh, I, I would love to dive into the ideas that we have. Um, first of all, as an example, you know, God shutting that door was essentially taking away uh, Noah's, um, Noah's uh, the propensity for Noah to just bring others in. Not, not that we have an indication that Noah would do that because he yeah. shows his obedience and follows instruction well, but maybe God was just protecting Noah because, you know, Noah might have just, you know, maybe who knows, right? Noah might have turned around and said, all right, guys, I'm shutting her up. I'm shutting it up. But God had already had that plan and knew that there was maybe a motive, different motives that might have caused somebody to, you know, want to get on that boat. Yeah. So he was almost protecting Noah from, from that yeah. by shutting that for Noah. Yeah, I love that. It's it's God who does the like God's the one who shut that door. Yeah, it wasn't Noah who shut that door. Right, it was God who does that. Like that. All right, now's the time where it has to happen. I'm the one who does it, not necessarily the someone who who a person who who does that. And I'm just trying to relate to like, you know, who um, like who who is the one to say to someone that you're cut off. Right. You know, but God does that part. He's the one who was able to, like, like I kind of mentioned before, and now is the time to be saved. You, you, it, it's still available today, but there's a time when the door is going to shut. Yeah. And you don't want to be outside that door. God's, I think God's, God's like desire is that everybody who gets in the boat, he doesn't want, he doesn't want anybody not to be saved. He wants all to come to saving. But the realization is that not all choose to be saved because... So that's no, it reminds me of the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, this is after the second coming of Christ. And, um, you know, we read reference throughout, the New, you know, the New Testament, especially, of course, how, how um, Jesus is the gatekeeper. Um, you know, there's going to be a marriage supper at the end where uh, all the uh, guests who are invited can come in. And join, yeah. but then they will shut the door, and that goes back to the story that the the ten virgins and the oil, like yeah. in, in the in the idea that we are to, you know, really be prepared, and half of them were, and half of them weren't, and the half that weren't were shut out. Mm-hmm. They weren't prepared, mm-hmm. and it's an illustration right here at the beginning yeah. of creation story. Uh, of uh, the beginning of what we call history, where we can start to see some things that we'll start to see a whole lot more of later on. Yeah. Um, patterns that will emerge. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, that's a that's yeah, it's God saying, "Look, I'm, I'm only going to put up with this for so long. Um, there is an an end to how much I will put up with, and once I make that." decision to end it then it's ended and we're going to move on yeah is that a little harsh like think of you know wiping out i mean it doesn't say how many people are on the earth at that time but only what eight souls are saved everybody else is wiped out mm-hmm. i know liz you had mentioned earlier that you know it says all which yeah. unfortunately i'm guessing that there probably were guess what men women and children all at that time yeah so isn't it, 
I mean, it's just the severity to sin and the consequence. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it, it it's you know it's hard. I think to imagine that. Well, I think that um, I think it's good to imagine that though, because I think that you know there were you know as a as a parent, you know, and we're all parents here, and so you may or may not be a parent listening. But um, as a parent, you have a responsibility to understand what righteousness is and make sure that your family is counted as righteous. You know what I mean? And that you're on on that path. And I think that, um, you know, in in that time of Noah, if the parents weren't righteous, um, then the whole family wasn't. You know, if they were, I mean, and and I'm sure this was, this was um, you know, in, in the chapter, you know, previous to this, um, they're talking about some of the craziness that was going on. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, your everyday, yeah. you know, sinning and, you know, people that weren't believing. I mean, it was, there was some crazy stuff, you know, going on and the whole family would have been engaged in that, you know? So, but I think it's really, I think you bring up a really important point and this is kind of something that I was talking about earlier is that a lot of times when we're talking about Noah and the ark and the animals and there's a rainbow at the end. I mean, just this morning, my three and a half year old was telling me about the rainbow and God promised. And I'm so glad that that's the version of the story they're telling in preschool. But we at some point have to grow up and realize that the story, this story of Noah is such I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much tragedy in it. Like mm-hmm. God's heart had to have just been shattered at the fact that his creation, his all of his creation, but Noah had turned yeah. against him and didn't even, I mean, these people probably didn't even know his name. Like to be as disobedient as they were, they weren't even thinking of the Lord, of God. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it had to have been just yeah. awful. Well, and two, it's important to recognize, again, letting, letting the Scripture speak for itself. And then mm-hmm. in, early on in this Scripture reading, it says, uh, the Lord says in uh, Genesis 7, verse 1, mm-hmm. I can see that you alone are righteous. Yeah. You know, God sees into the heart of all man. Yep. And all God saw was evil, sin, wickedness in the hearts of every human being at this time. Yeah. Except, he says, I can see that you alone are righteous. And so, to your point, uh, I would say, yes, it seems a little harsh, but let's just remember, um, we're talking about serious business here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're talking yeah. about eternity. Yeah. And and what I'm really hoping and praying is, is that people begin to feel that um, weight, the heaviness of such a, a, a consequence that if, you know, if nothing else, that then would get their attention, would get yeah. your attention if you're, if you're listening and you, you know, you just rejected God and you've been rejecting him or running from him um, your whole life. I, I pray that, that maybe even in this conversation, you know, God would touch your heart and he would convict you. And that you would just say, hey, if you're real, that's what I did. I, I'm like, if you're real, I need to know you're real. Come and, and, and do what your word says you, you do. Come into me and become the Lord of my life. And I think if when we all do that, you know, I mean, I'm speaking, of course, for believers now, but I think we kind of know. Yeah. I, I, did. I know. I knew. I started to recognize the signs 
Oh, yeah. My attitude changed and, yep. you know, and, and things that used to matter to me didn't matter as much anymore. Um, I began to really understand or feel convicted about my about the sin that I was um, doing, uh-huh. participating in, whether I was doing it intentionally or not. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, 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 you know, and the Word says, uh, later on in the Word, it says that as a result of the fall, as a result of this, the fall of the, that, that fall occurred in the Garden of Eden, okay? And the, the, the participants, being both Adam and Eve, were kicked out of the Garden, not allowed back into the garden. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't read a whole lot more about the garden after. Mm-hmm. There was something special and unique about the garden we'll probably never understand until we're uh, in in heaven and uh, have hopefully the opportunity to ask all these good questions and get good answers when we're there. But they were kicked out of the garden um, because of a choice that they made to disobey God. And God said that um, every uh, single generation that will will inherit these consequences. And so we're all, you know, 6,000 plus years removed from that, but we're seeing it. Uh And so sin, um, you know, there's absolutely, the Bible says that we are born spiritually dead it says that we are at enmity with God, which means that we're at war with God and born God-hating. Now, I don't know that I could ever bring myself to believe that even when I was young that I ever hated God and was God-hating, but it, it had nothing to do with me. Uh-huh. It had everything to do with sin. Yeah. And so the only hope we have to overcome this problem is Jesus. That's it. Yeah. If there was a, another way, God wouldn't have done what he did with his son. He wouldn't let his son go through what he did. But, mm. you know, we, we learn all of this as we go forward. We yeah. continue to pick, and un, pick it up and understand more and more. But that was a, you know, it, was it harsh? Yeah, it's harsh. It's harsh. Sin, sin is responsible for death. Yes. Okay, and I, I mean this passionately, you know, I'm, I think the world in general, um, this is how the enemy works. He's twisted it. Uh-huh. The world in general blames the giver and creator of life when we ought to be blaming the one who brought forth death, and that's the enemy of our soul, that's Satan, uh-huh. and his legion of doom, uh, of doom if you will. Yeah. His demons, and they're the, he created this. And so let's not blame God for something God didn't do. Man chose ultimately to um, disobey. God keeps patiently giving us the opportunities over and over. He's patient, but to a limit. Right. I think uh, really um, the awesomeness of the whole thing, in in the brutality of everyone's going to die. So mm-hmm. I I can I just feel like you can see God searching the hearts of every mm. single person on the planet, right? And had he not seen Noah's heart, I believe 100% everything would have just been wiped out and he would have started over. But in the process, it's like he didn't not check every single heart. He checked every single heart. That's how he found Noah. He found Noah. So in this 
chaos of like the ultimate broken world, he sees this one guy out of everybody. There's Noah. And so his plan, if it ever had been to destroy everything, he's like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to make this guy build a huge boat and save some of the animals. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's so profound. It's almost as profound as of how like mm-hmm. brutal it was. It was that God would have never destroyed the entire planet before checking every heart of every single person, you know, like there's That's grace. so much goodness and, and mercy. Like, yes. We see it both on, on display right there. Grace, Absolutely. grace yes. and mercy. He gave, yes. you know, because Noah didn't have a, a redeemer. Yeah. He didn't have Jesus. Yeah. He didn't have a redeemer, but what he had was a relationship. Yes. So, you know, so you see how important relationship is. Yeah. It was the only one left. Yeah. The only one that remembered God was uh-huh. Noah. He had a relationship with him. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, that's like, to me, just as profound as like, you've got this like catastrophic devastation, but then you also have this like amazing thing that one guy mattered that much mm. because he had the relationship with God. It was like, now you get a big boat that you have to make. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. When you're talking about uh, um, that Jesus was the only way, it was like there's only one. There was only one boat that right. saved everybody. <laughs> like there were multiple boats out there. Right. And I think I just appreciate that way of how God does it. That there's not all these different ways and things that right. you got to do. It's just bang one way, one way to be saved. This yes. is it. There's nothing else. Well, I it's think not confusing to me. You're hitting on a very powerful point, and of course, I know we're going to talk more about this in the episodes to come because I. But but it's a bit of maybe a teaser here. But you know, you're going to see if you haven't already. I think you're touching on it. You're going to start to see the parallel. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a. <laughs> there's there's a door. Mm-hmm. There's one man. Yep. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one man was responsible by God's design for saving the world. Yeah. It was through that one man the world was saved. Yep. Do you see a parallel? Yeah. yeah. He had to leave. He had to go. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to get in a boat. He had to go. He had to. He had to leave. You see that in Abraham. Yeah. You, you had to leave. You see that in Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to leave. You can see that in the Israelites having to leave. And, and God was always leading them where? To a, pr- a promise. Yes. He was always leading them to a promise. Yeah. And and what, what, what else? I mean, so again, teaser, but I mean, this is what's coming. These, these parallels that we're going to start to see unfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's, I think my favorite thing about just the Old Testament in general is just, like as you once you get especially as we you know go through and uh the beginnings and into the next era that's when you start to see a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of that and then also um it, you know in in these first these first stories you start to see the the beginning of the understanding of the character of God too so when we're talking about grace and mercy that's that's a, a character of God that that follows through you see it through the entire Old Testament and into, you know, to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that that's kind of a cool thing too about when we talk about 
the story of Noah is, you know, there's certain parts of the Old Testament where it's super clear of uh, the character of God and, and, and um, exactly. what he's like and, um, and that he's consistent through the, through the ages and through the eras. He's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and in this story, God warned, clearly warned the people mm-hmm. um, through the actions of Noah, clearly warned them about what was going on yeah. and the actions of their sins. Um, God clearly provided a way out. There was, there was hope. Yeah. They weren't in a hopeless situation. The whole world, though, was hopeless, yeah. hopelessly lost. Yeah. But there was a way out, another parallel, you know, that we get to draw upon. And what was it that was the saving grace? It was obedience. Yes. He had to be obedient. He had to do exactly what God told him to do. Noah had to build the ark the way God told him to build it. He had so much time to do it. You know, you know what I think is super interesting too about that. So remind me again, um, how many years did Noah spend building that boat? We're not totally sure. Yeah. It was a while. Hundred years. At least 100. Maybe. So let's just say it's a hundred years. But when we talk about obedience, I think a really interesting point that uh, just kind of I see is that um, Noah didn't choose to be obedient once when he got on the boat. He had to wake up every single day and be obedient. Mm-hmm. every single day like right. because i would think that i don't know a year into it i mean as a wife if my husband's out there in the backyard building a boat and i've never seen rain <laughs> i probably am not making yeah. it super easy on my husband to go out and do this boat project he's got going on do you know what i mean but yeah. noah had to choose to be obedient even if his family did not understand. And his, and and really, I, I kind of feel like, and it, it doesn't necessarily say this, but um, I kind of feel like Noah was the, I mean, he was responsible for his family and he was teaching them to be righteous and he was teaching them about God. But he clearly was the one that had the strong faith and the obedience, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I'm sure he came up against a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff in there. And so, uh, you know, he was obedient to get on the boat and to, to bring the animals on the boat and do, do everything in the order that God said. But I think it's just amazing that, you know, and, and it's, it's an application point I feel like for us is that, you know, um, when God tells us something, there's the obedience in the daily thing leading up to the thing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like sometimes it's not just this big thing that you're going to do in a hundred years. Um, but there's, there's obedience points throughout that whole journey. Yeah. What do you guys think of animals? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you? Uh, well, just like how in the world did all those animals get there? How did they get on the boat? How did oh he feed them all? No. How did he, you know, how did he clean up all the, the, <laughs> Let me just say, the waste from the I animals, know. all that? I have four dogs. <laughs> At one point we had seven. Because, oh, wow. well, we rescue dogs. You know, that's what we do. You're filled with small arc. <laughs> I know. But, like, so when I, when I when you say that, it just makes me laugh because, like, I just can't even imagine. You know, mm-hmm. I've heard some fun, some fun uh, thoughts on this, though. And one of my favorite uh, thoughts on this is that God brought Noah like baby animals. <laughs> Yes, God, because like, could you, I mean, cause you think about it and they were like, it, it you know, baby animals kind of helps you understand right. and, and it makes sense of the Bible because it's just like, you know, I don't know that I would want to be the one to go and take care of the adult lions. 
Do you know what I mean? Because there's yep. there's there's seven pairs of adult lions or seven lion pairs of lion cubs. Like, aw, you know. Yeah. So I thought that's a cute. I don't think there was seven pairs of lions. Only seven pairs of the food that was or, acceptable oh, by God a, to yeah. eat. Right. And uh, offer a sacrifice. So, so there, you're saying there's set side animals that are for eating and for sacrifice, right? Yeah. So he was. Right. I mean, you know, it's said in here. Uh, I'd have to find out where it said it, but. Um, yeah, I think just as he finds that, like, um, you know, I thought of like when I started first thinking about, it, I was like. So I'm thinking of dinosaurs getting on like humongous T Rexes <laughs> entering yeah. the bone, yeah. and and really. I just did a little research and they're like, you know, really the size of an average land animal is about the size of a sheep. So right. it's not as big as we tend, typically think all these animals were. So. Right. So he said, you know, take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating and, sac and for sacrifice. And take one pair of okay. each of the others. Okay. So I don't know if they were eating lions. and They might have been, but I doubt it. I doubt yeah. it too. And, but it's still, I mean, and it doesn't say the age of the animals, but these animals would be responsible for, so they were on the boat for a year, right? Around the year. Mm -hmm. And the animals were going to be the purpose of the majority of the animals was to repopulate the earth. So they would have brought young animals <laughs> that were able to reproduce. Mm -hmm. So, um, I still just, I'm just going to continue picturing baby animals all over the earth. So, so the, bo the boat, <laughs> comes to rest on the top of Mount Ararat, hmm. which is, uh, I think, in, in today's... Turkey. Yeah, it's in, in Turkey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and of course, this is just an interesting thought. That's mm -hmm. all. Question, maybe. So that's on one continent. Yeah. There's seven continents on the globe. Mm -hmm. okay. So how did all these animals end up on all these other continents? That's just a thought. Yeah. Maybe it was, you know what I mean? Think yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought about that. And, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe um, as the waters receded in the land, I don't know. I, speculation there. You're just saying like the obviously wouldn't be able to swim across the ocean to get some of the other continents. Yeah, right. I mean, birds can fly. We get that. But, yep. yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Well, of course, connected to... Um, Eurasia, right? Europe right. and Asia is Africa. So, so clearly they could walk from, you know, from that region to Africa through Egypt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we get that. But what about, um, you know, North America, South America, Australia, you know, those big land. I'm just, just food yeah. for thought. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know how that would have happened. Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll discover that later on. I'm, yeah, maybe I'm sure will. there's a different, I mean, you know, like a difference of how things you know, mm -hmm. look, but like there's a land, the land bridge. Well, I don't know if it's a land bridge, but like from Alaska to Russia is like not as far as you would think. Mm -hmm. I can't remember how many miles it is. And maybe there was. And like the, you know, the ocean knows. maybe a little lower. Yeah. We didn't have all this global warming. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a whole other bonus episode. But, you know. Yeah. I, so maybe that's I, the deal. Maybe yeah. the water was lower. Lower. So sure. so with the animals, you know, being in uh, Minnesota is our, our location here, I've al always wondered, like, why didn't Noah stinking kill those mosquitoes? You know, why didn't he kill right. two it's mosquitoes? Like, thanks, dude. Now, yeah, I could have <laughs> erased that whole 
uh, the whole episode of the, the mosquitoes. Do you think that God ordered a pair of mosquitoes onto the boat? Man. <laughs> uh, there were insects. Right. Does it, yeah, I don't remember reading insects on there. I don't know. It reminds me of like what is it? What what is it? The the roach that or is it a roach that's a like cockroach? Yeah, like prehist. I mean, they've been around. Like you just can't. Yeah, they probably know. just buried themselves in the ground. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> what about the fish? Well, what about the fish? <laughs> Did they die? Well, I don't think so. Do it you think they died? I don't think that they died because it doesn't say that so. they did, and yeah. it doesn't say that the plan was that the. That the the marine life died. So like when right. he talks about uh, wiping out the the um, the Everything all the breathing. humans, he's talking about the you know he goes into detail about the animals, the types of animals that are going to go, and yeah. you don't see anything about insects or um, or fish or marine yeah. life yeah. at all. Um, so I think that that's really interesting because you know, and I've thought about that too. Like, well, could they have survived? a flood, you know, and absolutely the, the fish who just stay underwater and yeah. don't need to come up for, you know, right. but there are certain, I think there are certain marine lives that would have probably perished because, um, you know, they survive in different levels of the ocean. So there's different temperatures mm -hmm. in the ocean. And as the ocean completely changed, you know, yeah. I'm sure things like coral died and I'm sure that, you know, man, are we conjecturing? I know. Speculating. But it doesn't say that Pure in there. So. I get this like, you know, of course they talk about the fish. I get this like Nemo swimming around. All of a sudden he's 29,000 feet higher. Right. right. There's it's no just like the water coral, starts rising No anemones up. to no. hide in. <laughs> yeah, no. I know. Yeah. Did you guys know? So the water, did you know that like, okay, so, some sometimes people will say, well, it wasn't a global, you know, uh, flood. It was just like a smaller flood that was was out there but 71 percent of the earth is made up of water mm -hmm. which leaves 29 of the earth made up of land mm. and then in that in that scripture it says that 22 22 feet above the highest peak yeah today the highest peak obviously is mount everest at 29,032 feet okay that is a lot of water and a lot of rain like yeah. like you had talked about earlier like the the water is bursting forth yeah, and then the like torrential. I mean, just think about today is just the the worst rainstorm you've ever been in. Right. That probably ain't got nothing on what happened. Well, here. Absolutely not. Well, and if you think about it though, too, it said it's twenty two feet above the highest peak, right? And if the highest peak is what you said, like Everest. Yeah, sure. Um, how could that not cover the entire world? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the, because it's the highest peak, and if the water is covering the highest peak, it covered the entire world. Well, and then one of my interesting tidbits is that uh, did you know that marine fossils have been found? Above the snow lines of the Himalayas. Now, I did not know that till I snuck a peek at your notes while you were getting Skittles. <laughs> I did not know that. Can, you know, <laughs> so I mean, um, is there any question that the flood occurred? You know, in the in yeah. the other cultures, we've talked about this in episodes past. Yeah. Other cultures from their traditions have talked about a great flood and all of that stuff. I mean, there really shouldn't be uh, any doubt. Especially when we're finding fossils up in the up in the top of the mountain peaks, right? You yep. know, and then this whole issue of sediment, mm. um, some just some you know as you like for us, you know, we're we're obviously trying um, to prepare well for for these episodes, and yeah. and so we're doing doing some um, study and research, and you know, uh, you stumble into some of these things about. You know, even in modern science today, doing uh, what they call it um, when they measure 
uh, time based upon um, is it uh, uh, what's it stamping they call that stamping um, yeah carbon carbon dating carbon dating yeah thank you but but you know in in the fact that that's not an exact science they've been right. I've, I I understand I don't know I can only speculate based upon other people telling me or information I'm getting but I understand that 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 um, you know carbon dating isn't an, isn't an exact science that right. uh, they can prove actually works and with the idea of sedimentation mm -hmm. um, when the earth was uh, flooded uh -huh. to was it 22 feet you said 22 feet yeah above the mountain top the, the the sediment that would have uh, settled it would have settled as it as the water receded it would have settled in different levels so you can yeah. see that when you go uh, you know like where we live in in Minnesota we tend to take trips out to the Black Hills and you can go out there in the Black Hills and you can see the beginning of the mountains you can see all those lines of sedimentation and yep. it's just interesting you know even in there they find fossils and and yeah. they found footprints and dinosaurs you know bones and stuff here in North America yeah um, what about the the dinosaurs? What are you guys' thoughts about that? Uh, like, where in history did the dinosaurs exist? I was think, it pre? I what? think they were pre. My my thought is they were pre-flood, and and that some of them made it. I I I personally, I had heard some. I, I wish I could. I feel so bad, and I will put it in the show notes because I will find his name because I cannot remember his name. But I listened. I listened to a talk. Um, about about this because that was always that was such a thing for me like it just I couldn't get my head around that one um, and until I heard this guy talk and he talked about um, you know and, and it, to me it made sense so I was thinking pre-flood and um, with a lot of the dinosaurs they were um, you could I mean they could have brought in eggs or again baby dinosaurs because that's that's manageable you mm -hmm. know it's all so much easier I mean babies sleep most of the time like when you've got like a an infant animal they sleep, you know, um, and so that I, I had never thought of that before, and that that's how I see it now is that it would have been, it would have yeah. been eggs and baby dinosaurs yeah. pre-flood. I don't know much other than I know they existed because we sure we sure find fossils for them. Um, I probably would tend to lean towards that, yeah, like before the flood, but um, no, we still have reptiles that. That you know, oh yeah, we would say are are, are dinosaurs a hundred thousand years from now. Yeah. If, you Crocodile. know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, there's dinosaurs, right? Well, so he, this guy, had brought up, and I'll I'll put the, I'll put a link, and is you it, guys can watch it for yourself is because it Ken this is. Oh, I don't know. I cannot think yeah. of his name, but okay. the other thing that he said that's a scientific fact about reptiles is that they do not stop growing till they die. Okay, so an iguana is a reptile, right? For example. Uh, you've seen iguanodon, yeah. It's, well, I only know this. I have a very crazy dinosaur child. He's almost four, and I know more about dinosaurs now than I've like, ever known. Iguanodon, sure. So you don't know iguanodon, okay? So I will put a picture. <laughs> um, but so think about this though. Like if you have an iguana that does not stop growing till it dies, okay? And pre-flood, things lived for a long time, sure. right? Mm -hmm. So imagine how big these little, these these reptiles that we have today that are very small, um, they have much shorter lifespans. A lot of the, most of the reptiles that we have now live anywhere from like a couple years to maybe, you know, 10 years, except for like a tortoise, but those things get huge, yeah. right? Because, so anyways, I thought that was really interesting. And I was like, uh, that, 
I don't know, but for some reason that made dinosaurs make complete sense to me because when you look at some of them, um, you know, the they just look like really giant versions of the little guys that we still yeah. have, you know? <laughs> So, but I'll, I'll put a, I'll make sure that yeah. I've, I've linked that up so you guys, so our audience can go and watch that talk or listen to that talk. Um, I just thought that was an interesting perspective. That is an interesting thought. Mm -hmm. Anything else um, that we haven't talked about or you want to dive into in regards to the scripture we've read here in this episode? Well, I just think that, you know, of course, we can we can always get wrapped up in all, all of the details. Like when I read through the story, I think of, well, how'd the animals get in there, and how big were they, and how many were they, and how yeah. you know how did the how did the flood happen, and 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 there was that much water, and and I think just for for me is, mm -hmm. you know, remember at the beginning of like episode one, one. God created the whole world through spoken word. So there's nothing yeah. he can't do. So for us to think, well, can he really, like how did all those animals get there and get into the boat? Well, I mean, it's God here. He yeah. can, I mean, we see like migration of birds, even in Minnesota, they go south. They naturally know to go south. Right. Well, they could, God could have instilled that in the animals. Okay, I'm going to put these ones, well, head to the, head to the ark. And then they all came to him. Right. And then he gathered them in and brought them in. So you know, God is, let's not limit God to what he can and cannot do. He can do anything he wants, whenever, right. however, so. He is Elohim. 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 Signifying his eternal power and in his, in his authority. Sounds like a term from like Lord of the Rings. Elohim. It does. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a I'm name of God. That, like yeah. Jehovah is the covenant name of God. Yeah, mm -hmm. awesome. Elohim, I like that. Uh, and I'm sure I pronounced it wrong. Somebody will let me know. I, I, you know, we, we, we are not from the land of Hebrew. No. You know, so we don't speak the Hebrew language very well. <laughs> Greek, I'm not Greek, so I don't speak that well. We mess that stuff up all the time. But. Mm -hmm. Plus we have the Minnesota accent, although not as... Well, we don't have an accent. No. Everyone Southern else has it, right? <laughs> Southern Minnesota doesn't have an accent. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think what's um, you know, I think the there's so much that you don't know, um, but the stuff that we do know, and I think that is really important to, um, you know, it's important to discuss these things and have yep. these conversations because I know for um, for a lot of people um, that I've talked to, um, the flood is it's like, it's one of those things they just can't get past. You know, I've, yeah. I've talked to people and I've even heard them say, I believe everything it says in the Bible, but then, but that flood story, like I just, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, um, but I think some of the, the bigger thing for me in, in that entire story is the story about just the obedience of Noah and that God had made a way for him because he was there because Noah had that relationship and he was saved because of that. Yeah. Yeah, so do you have a relationship with God? That's the key. That's the key, yeah. Because that was what doomed humanity, what yeah. saved Noah. It was his relationship. Yeah. And so it's, um, all right. And, and, and I just think, to go off that point that you had made, Liz, that, and I'm not sure where I heard this from, but um, basically to the, the point of, you know, there's so much in there that you we don't know. Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes people get so wrapped up in the parts that they don't know. Mm 
Yeah. But let's talk about the parts that are in there. I mean, there's right. a reason why God put what he put in that book right. for us. I think yeah. maybe him knowing us, we would, you know, being a person who likes to research and, and dive into the mm -hmm. word deeper, of course, we're in the bonus material, but um, he, he put exactly what he wanted to put in here and he yes. left out exactly what he wanted to, yeah. to leave out. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, the absolute certain thing is that there was a lot of power in the grace and mercy that he showed Noah because of a relationship and that is not something that's questioned because it's there, black and white, concrete, you can hang your hat on it, you know? Mm -hmm. All right, well, we would love to connect with you, our listening audience. If you would like to connect with us, we're gonna ask you to join our Insiders Club. Mm -hmm. And we wanna thank you for being a part of this, Scott and Liz. Mm -hmm. um, and we want, also wanna thank you for our listening audience for tuning in. We look forward to our next meeting together uh, with you in episode nine as we discuss the, the receding floodwaters mm -hmm. and our study of the greatest story ever told here in the first era beginnings. Thank you and God bless. again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media.